The sermon for the fourth Sunday after Epiphany is from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 29. Uh, the sermon is entitled, The Preparation of Is. Uh, why don't we follow along on our bulletin as we read 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 29. For I have received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. On grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Again. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Let a person examine himself to look inward and ask yourself the question, am I worthy? Am I worthy to take this meal that Paul is speaking of in the sacrament of the altar. Now in Matthew 22, if you know this parable, the parable of the wedding feast, Jesus speaks to the Jews, condemning them for their lack of faith in Christ Jesus. In Matthew 22, Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son, and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Now this gracious king, though his invitation was received with much ignoring from the people, he again sent out this gracious invitation once again. He sent out his servants, giving them this invitation, and many still, well, said no thank you. Others even killed the king's Servant. Now, Jesus gives this parable to show the chief priests, the Pharisees, to show them that their way of worthiness was false. That they were too comfortable in their self-righteousness, smug in their own holiness. That these were the ones who were rejecting the king's invitation to the feasts. That ultimately, the faith in Christ Jesus, well, it was nowhere for them. Continuing on that parable, we see the king in his grace, though they ignored, the king sent out the servants to go to the main road for everyone to hear about this feast. And many came to this feast, but as the king saw in his feast, there was one without a wedding garment. And he said, friend... How did you get in here without a wedding garment? For without a wedding garment, 
they did not belong, nor were they worthy. So the king threw him out. Again, this parable points to faith. It's revealing to these Jews that very well they could be comfortable in their own skin, but yet, if their faith is in themselves, they do not belong in the kingdom of God. Today, we examine our faith. Faith in the word of God. And with proper examination, the Lord reveals the ugly but honest truth that the Jews had fallen short. That what they perceived as worthiness was no worthiness of all. And though this made them angry, it is out of love that Jesus told them the truth through this parable. Now just imagine if you said, so be it, I'm not going to tell you the truth, you can go on your way, so be it. But no, Jesus is loving and he told them the truth in an attempt to save them from their sin. And today, as we are in the final part of our sermon series on the sacrament of the altar, we speak of preparation. That is, to examine ourselves, are we ready to take the sacrament? Are we worthy? As it reads in the Catechism, who receives this sacrament worthily? Fasting and bodily preparation are certainly fine outward training, but that person is truly worthy and well-prepared who has faith in these words given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. But anyone who does not believe these words or doubts them is unworthy and unprepared for the words for you require all hearts to believe. This is the ultimate preparation for the feast. For many believe that preparation is to go down the path of looking inward for evidence for our own worthiness. What have I done to deserve this right? What have I done to be good enough? Do I pass, do I pass the test? What have I brought to the table? But this is not so. This is not what examining and preparing is all about. It is not about our own moralism or our own religiosity. All this means nothing. They do not provide your worthiness or preparedness or that preparation to come to the table. But it is in proper examination that the law calls us to repentance to see the ugly and honest truth of our sin, to strip away everything of ourselves and in this nothingness, knowing that we are not part of the equation. And to know that all things needful come from Jesus Christ and the gospel himself, his word, his truth, his promise, his righteousness, his purity, all comes from our Lord, not ourselves not our own worthiness or our acts of preparedness, but from the Lord. So St. Paul says, So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Guilty. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup, 
For those who eat and drink without the discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. See, in the context of the Corinthians, as we even heard it today in our epistle reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, St. Paul addresses the challenges that they were facing, the battles, the divisions, the infighting, the schisms, factions, and dangerously false teaching, even to idolatry as they were sacrificing, their, they were sacrificing to idols. The church needed to hear these words because they were going down the destructive path. The St. Paul brought these words to them to show them that it was time to stop and examine themselves to see what was really going on to the point where even taking the sacrament was a detriment to themselves. 1 Corinthians 10 reads, My beloved, flee from idolatry. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of this one bread. The Corinthians, they were all over the place. Many confessions, many faiths. Much fighting, division. But as we partake of this one faith, one bread, we partake in unity, in the confession of what we believe in the word of God. And that is the crux of the matter. Whether it was the Pharisees and all the Jews and, and the uh, Corinthians who were drinking from the cup of, as St. Paul would say, the cup of demons, Paul is really pointing to the matter of faith. Is your faith grounded in legalism or self-righteousness? Is your faith falling to these cups of demons of the world? Is your faith tempted by the false teachings of this land? I think we too can learn a lot from the Corinthians as it's a great temptation to stop examining ourselves to see what is really going on in our sinful flesh, but to go on so comfortable in our skin as if nothing is wrong at all. Even justifying to the point where, well, I guess I'm not so bad. I've done good, and I must be worthy in front of God, right? Some would say, I'm not a sinner, right? I do not need what God has to offer. I'm comfortable. I am worthy. I need nothing at all. Others will say, well, as we look at this bread and wine at the altar, how could this be the body and blood of our Lord? It just can't be. And even more, how could this give me the forgiveness of sins? This, really? Again, what does the word say? It's all a matter of faith. And thus St. Paul warns all of us that if our faith is not in the pure word of God, not just some of the word, but all of the word, right? We don't pick and choose what we want to believe, but what does the word say? As we look at the supper, because Jesus says what it is, this is my body, this is my blood. It is the truth, not only the truth, 
but what great comfort it brings. Again, I know examining is a tough word, but this is done out of love, not out of judgment. Again, as I always bring this example up, as a child who is enamored with that red hot stove, As parents, we don't say, oh, you like the color red? (laughs) Touch it. It's your favorite color. Why not, right? No, as a parent, if I ever saw that, I usually scream. And, you know, me playing music, I used to scream myself, literally. Uh, But not that loud anymore. But I would say, no, stop, Elliot. Oh, sorry. It would be Elliot now. (laughs) Stop. Don't go. It's going to hurt you, Right? And that's why we examine ourselves. That this sacrament is a gift of great comfort, but also of great seriousness. That out of love, we call all people to examine themselves. Are we sorry for our sins? Is our faith in the word of God, in all of its purity and all of its truth? Do we strive to live according to his word and live in this refreshing and salutary gift of the sacrament. I know examinations, again, they're daunting to say the least. We don't want to address it, make things known, peer into the reality of our sin, explore the skeletons in our very own closets, the sin, the shame, the guilt. But again, this examination does not put us in the grave eternally. This examination points us to the soothing comfort of Christ. Without this examination, where would we be? We would be mired in our flesh, searching and searching and finding the quest for peace and happiness. But it is in that examination where we are appointed to the great need of Christ, who is our faith. We need Christ. All of us. We need his forgiveness. We need his faith. We need his word and strength to live according to his name because we know we can't bring anything to the table and Christ indeed brings everything. Yes, it's through this examination that we are prepared, right? As we cling to his word in which our faith depends that in our Depravity, there God is in all of His mercy, giving us His abundant grace. And there Jesus is. He comes for you. He comes to give you His worthiness, to be your preparation, to be your way as He goes to the cross, only to die, to shed His body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins. It is Jesus who is worthy, the worthy lamb who takes away the sin of the world. The worthy one who is sinless and obedient unto death. The one who covers the multitude of your sins as he is your sacrifice standing in your place, accounting for you. The jaws of death no longer. The iron bars of hell no longer binding you. But it's in Jesus' death and resurrection 
there you have the victory in Christ Jesus. And what a joy it is to know what Jesus has done. But even furthermore, what joy it is to know that he distributes this same grace through his means in the sacrament. That's why we come to church here at Faith Moore Park, to receive the gifts. Jesus is here to provide you all things needful that we cannot provide for ourselves. Yes, you lived a long week. You had many things to go through. And yes, it might have been tough, busy, wearisome, exhaustion, exhaustive. But now we are here to receive the gifts that refresh, renew, all because of that examination knowing that we're sinners in need of a Savior, the Savior that is Jesus, who gives us this very body and blood. His body and blood here at the table. All things needful here at the table. Your comfort here at the table. Your salvation, your eternal life, your forgiveness here at this table. And that is why, my friends, we come together to rejoice together, knowing what this gift is all about. Knowing that we are not left mired in that darkness of death. But it is in that worthy preparation of faith where there Jesus is, mending your wounds, giving you the strength to see the days ahead, knowing that your hope, your eternal peace, is in Christ alone. So are you worthy in faith, in His Word? Yes, you are. Christ has died for you. He has risen for you. He gives you His peace through His Word and sacrament. And He nourishes you from now and forevermore. May this be your joy through all things as you continue to make your pilgrimage through his word and sacrament. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Sermon from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.